Tiger fans. Welcome to episode 54 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is Ken Clark. Ken, what up? Corey, Corey, what's going on, man? Happy to be here, man. Happy to be on this side of the table this time, man. Looking forward to the show. Excited, excited, man. Absolutely. So welcome to this side of the table, and we brought you on for a very special show. We have a special guest. I've been waiting on this one. I know you have, too, and I'm sure the fans have as well. (laughs) Joining us today is the offensive line coach as well as co-recruiting coordinator for your Jackson State Tigers, none other than Coach Otis Ridley. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for having me, guys. Our big pleasure. block, Our big block. <laughs> Happy to have you on. No doubt. Hey, no doubt. No doubt about it. So, so, Coach, how are you? How are you and your family doing these crazy times? I hope everyone's staying safe and, and staying sane with all with what's going on. Oh, no doubt, man. Me and my wife and my son, Quinn and Candace, and, uh, you know, Candace is an employee at Jackson State as well. We are uh, we quarantining over here. And, uh, we, you know, it's, it's been exciting because it's, been great for our family to get this this time together that we're not used to, and so uh, they got a lot of dads cooking, and they probably got a lot of dads fussing because because I've been there too much. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Same thing on my end. So I feel you on that one. And uh, coach, there's a lot that we want to get to, so uh, let's get to it. But but first, for those fans who aren't familiar with Coach Otis Ridley, tell us about your background and, and quickly walk us through your playing days and coaching career. Okay, uh, well, just like you said, quickly uh, started playing at Provine High School under Coach Willie Collins, who's a uh, Jacksonian. Um, you know, of course, you have Leon Sherrod and Nate Young, and I think some some of my Jackson State fans know those names as well. And then, uh, you know, I left co- uh, high school, moving to college, played at Mississippi State, and uh, I was recruited by Jackson State, and that's a whole other conversation for another day. But, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I look back on that time and in reflection, you know, some decisions could have been made differently. And, and But moving on, you know, I'm not going to go on that. But uh, so playing at Mississippi State and enjoyed and enjoy my time. And, um, you know, I played for some good coaches up there. I played for Coach Jackie Sherrill and Coach Sylvester wow. Cole. And uh, wow. so, you know, you know, my playing days, you know, I played with some leaders, man. I don't even consider them coaches as much as I consider them great men and great leaders. And so they really groomed me uh, on how to be a, a leader. And so, you know, kind of moving forward from my playing days, I got hurt uh, doing my, my fourth year on campus at, uh, at Mississippi State, I'm sorry. And um, and so, you know, taking a medical red shirt and kind of, you know, doing some student assistant type stuff and just off the field type work and, and kind of progressing through and ended up, you know, coming back to Jackson after I graduated. And I worked for a law firm downtown and I knew I wanted to get back coached to the game and, I, you know, was just trying to figure out a role and a, a great opportunity to get myself in. And I ended up over at Callaway with another great Jacksonian, uh, Daryl Jones. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, if, mm. yeah, if anybody, oh, yeah. you know, has heard my testimony of my of my story, you know, I tell them quick, you know, Daryl Jones is a big brother that I would go to battle for any day. And so with that being said, man, you talk about Daryl Jones, uh, Carl Roberts, uh, Leon Seals, uh, Lewis Tillman. I mean, wow, I, yeah. th- that was the staff I was with when I was when uh-huh. I first got to Callaway. And so, you know, just being around, I've been around Jack State football my whole life. You know, I just told mm-hmm. the offense, I told the offense the other day not to get too far off track. Um, you know, my first game was in 1989. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember those games. And, you know, and, and people on Twitter may see me post some old clips from time to time. Oh, yeah, Harold Heath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could tell I had been in the archives and I'd been, I'd been digging a little bit. So I just, you know, I, I enjoyed the nostalgia of it. That was my first year watching Jackson State football, and I've grown with Jackson State football. And so going back to Callaway with those guys, 
you know, just being able to be on the same st- staff with a Daryl Jones, a Lewis Tillman, and a Leon Seals, that did something for me. You know, it, it, it may not have meant much to somebody else, but it meant a lot to me. And so from there, you know, I, I coached some great um, players, both, you know, uh, skilled guys, but mainly offensive linemen. And we've been fortunate enough to have an offensive lineman on the SEC roster for the entire last decade. Uh, and that's been pretty cool just that every Saturday, you know, you cut that TV on and you can watch one of your former guys, you know, wow. playing big-time football. So mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoyed that part, you know, at Callaway, that moved to Provine. And not to get long-winded, enjoy my time, you know, uh, taking over for Coach Collins. I didn't replace him. I took over for him and uh, tried mm-hmm. to build on his legacy. And that was uh, you know, a great time for me in my life and my building me as a man. And moving moving on, I, I ended up getting a job at Colleen um, and, you know, just talk about relationships. The running backs mm-hmm. coach at Mississippi State at the time I played at Mississippi State was Glenn Davis. Well, Glenn Davis, fast forward, you know, almost 12 to 15 years, Glenn Davis, the head coach at Colleen. And because of those relationships, not severing relationships, being a, a good person and just trying to do right by people, you know, he reached out to me. And I you know, I didn't want to leave Provine at the time, but I knew, you know, when God puts something in your lap, you need to take advantage of it, and he got something better for you. And so right. I, I, I left and uh, went to Colin and ended up um, coaching a couple of All-Americans while I was there. I was excited, you know, with those guys, uh, ODB, that was their name. And uh, now I'm at Jackson State, man. So quick, you know, just it was a quick rundown. Just I done went from, you know, high school to to college in the span of about ten years. You know, and that's been fun. It's been a it's been a journey. It's been a, a tough time sometimes for my family, but um, you know, I'm excited about what the future holds. You know, and and I'm reflective on the past, knowing that God got me where I am today. Wow, wow, Coach, that, that's that's a lot, man. I, one thing that did jump out at me was uh, 1989. Uh, my first JSU game was that year, too. But uh, just kind of moving right along, you, you covered quite a bit. Um, as a former offensive line coach, um, are there any lessons that you learned as a player that kind of helped, you know, shape you the type of coach that you are now as an offensive line coach? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken. I, uh, you know, one of the – one of the things we learn as office alignment is to be servant leaders. And uh, that was something I learned. I had two great office alignment coaches, Coach Steve Campbell in South Alabama now, and Coach J.B. Okay. Grimes, who just retired from the University of Auburn, or Auburn University. Um, but, yeah, those are my two O-line coaches in the college. And they really, they really talked about servant leadership. And so that's what I kind of brought to the table as a coach. You know, I don't really care about titles. I don't care about, you know, you know what my role is as long as I can help make us better. And that's why, you know, that's why I am at Jackson State. That's, you know, I'm about making the whole team better. No doubt about it. And, and Coach, you, you mentioned uh, Coach Willie Collins back at Provine, obviously a legendary coach in the JPS circles. Uh, coach Collins as well as Stanley Blackman, they, I would say they kind of built Provine High School into the standard for football success in JPS. So what did they instill in you as a player? Yeah, so, you know, I, of course, playing for Coach Collins, he, he definitely used Coach Blackman's principles, you know, his, 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 his theology, his, the way he just went about his business. And uh, over the past years, after my time at Provine, me and Coach Blackman developed a good relationship as well, man. And just having those guys on speed dial in your phone is uh, is an honor. But, you know, just the discipline of doing it over and over, just the small details. Uh, we weren't a very complicated offense or defense, but we were a hungry, aggressive, and knowledgeable of a game and, and just physical team. And that's what we brought to the table. And just that blue-collar work ethic, I mean that I'm not I'm not going to take that out of my repertoire. That's going to stay in there. Awesome, awesome, coach. I know you you kind of touched on quite a bit uh, when you started with your uh, career over at Provine and led to Colin. If you if you can, if you don't mind, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you actually got on the JSU staff. Uh, what led you to Jackson State? Uh, well, you know, I you know that's a good question. I, 
like I said, I'm I'm from Jackson. I, I was, you know, born and raised here. So, you know, I got a lot of relationships with a lot of the Jackson State fans and alumni. And um, I think the relationships, more than anything, uh, that helped to a degree. But then you go back to my playing career. And I, you know, of course, this is the main part. You go back to my playing career at Mississippi State. Um, Coach John Hendrick offered me my first scholarship. And a lot of people wow. don't know that. Uh, wow. Yeah, at a, at a camp uh, in 2001, uh, the summer of 2001, he offered me my first scholarship. And wow. um, that, so, yeah, so, you know, fast forward now, you kind of know why I'm on the Jack State staff combined with my <laughs> ability to coach. <laughs> so, yeah, coach, man, yeah, me and coach, uh, we got a great relationship. Uh, I love coach to death, man. He knows that. And um, he's a he's a great leader. He's a father figure, and he I mean, he he does so much that people don't see. But yeah, that's that's how I go on Jackson staff. Wow, and that is it's great hearing yeah. those stories, man. It looks like you're coming full circle, and I never would have guessed it, but you know that is awesome stuff. Right, right. I, when you first got here, you took over a, an inconsistent unit, a much talked about, much maligned offensive line unit, but we saw a drastic improvement in your first year. Uh, you know, from, you know, where they were when when you took over. Matter of fact, we had Coach Akron on the show, and he just raved about it, and he mentioned how we had a chance to lead the conference in rushing going into that final game last year. So talk about where your unit is now versus where it was when you took over. Uh, it, uh, man, <laughs> a breath of fresh air. And I'm not saying that in – and uh, disrespect to my players from last year that they're not right. with anymore. That is not what I'm saying. But right, right. these guys have been with me another year. But they know my language now. So a lot of times before I get it out, they are already making the adjustment. Uh, and that's really where we now take the next step as a unit. Uh, we are slimmer. We are uh, much more lean, of course, but, you know, just the lips. Um, the power we can generate off the ball. I think uh, Coach Mega Harrison has done a great job changing bodies, and then we're adding some new guys to the mix that should upgrade us, you know, in competition. So I, I do think, you know, just as a unit, you know, I expect another jump. We're not going to plateau. That's my that's my biggest thing. I'm never going to let us plateau. I'm going to grind us if I got to grind us. If I got to take it off, to, you know, take my foot off the gas a little bit, I'm going to do that. Having a plus on my room, that's that's something I pride myself on. And, you know, I just think, you know, going forward, you're going to see a lot with this unit, uh, and we're going to play more guys. So I'm excited about all of that. Absolutely. And, you know, what did you instill in them? And you mentioned Coach uh, Megger Harrison as well. So what did you guys do to kind of make that transition and see that progression? Well, I think, you know, the, the number one thing is expectation. And I'm not going to deal with cliches tonight, but I'm going to be real with y'all, you know. You set the expectation mm-hmm. and you don't let up off of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you ever could put a bug in my room, you know, just listen to some of the conversations we have, the expectation is always going to be clear. You know, I don't play when it comes to what I want, but I also don't play when it comes to my guys. I am very right. protective of those guys. And that leads to a very, very close-knit room. And so when you, right. you have that type of a close-knit room, those guys go to war for you because they know the coach got their back. And I believe in that, you know, till, <laughs> till I retire. Till they tell me to <laughs> hang on my whistle, man. I, I'm going to make sure that room right there, that offensive line room. I tell, and I'm going to tell you guys this, and I would tell any mm-hmm. coach, uh, whoever is listening, I tell my guys, we are supposed to be and we will be the closest group on the mm-hmm. team. If I mm-hmm. see another room closer than us, I'm going to have a problem with it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, Coach. So, so Coach, um, just kind of piggybacking off of what you just said, I think what exactly do you think would be the most crucial for the, uh, the sea of improvement this year? I know you've laid your foundation uh, for the, for your unit and um, to get to that next level, to get to that, you know, to the, to where it is that you see them being, like what what's that that you're looking for for next season to take that next step? 
Well, you know, first thing I think, you know, all of us are looking forward to, you know, is just Coach Taylor is going to put us in the right situations. And, you know, and I know Coach Dickinson did what he was supposed to do as well, but Coach Taylor is going to do the same thing and better because that's what he's been groomed for. And so I think that part now leads me to what my guys can do. Uh, I'm harping on becoming better pass protectors. Uh, we have mm-hmm. to become, you know, more efficient in the passing game. And so that's something that we've really been honing in during the off season. Um, mm-hmm. The other part to it, I would never let up off the rushing title. You know, it was a reason Coach <laughs> Ackerman brought that up. I'm, right. I'm, we we tracking that thing. I don't care, that, you know, what nobody says. I'm talking numbers with my guys every week, and we trying to bust that that that, that rushing title when we get to it. But last year we <laughs> fell a little short. We fell a little short, but we gonna always try to get to that rushing title, guys. That's awesome. Hey, I mean that that's not bad though. I know you mentioned you felt short, but I think you probably exceeded some expectations, uh, at least some fans' expectations. I, I, I know you probably didn't exceed your own expectations, but, you know, again, it was a breath of fresh air <laughs> for us. And one one of the linemen that really played a, a huge role in that was Cedric Dunbar. And he was yeah. Jackson State's first off-whack offensive line selection since 2014 when we had Jonathan Smith and Marcus Cook. So what does Dunbar bring to the table? Uh, he's a diamond in the rough, man. I just – I. You know, and I, if I if I sound like I'm speaking about my kids growing, I mean, I'm telling you, I love my boys. Man. Right, so the TC has to the TC has to tell me sometimes, like, oh, calm down. You know, you know, you know but I love my guys, man. But I see what they can be, and I'm so excited. But said man has been putting in so much work this all season to change his body, to to take that next step. He saw second uh, team all swag as disrespectful. And that's mm-hmm. the type of guys mm-hmm. I like to have around me. You know what I mean? And so right, so right. we went into the off season with an extra little gear saying that this coming season and going forward ain't no more second team. You know, and so <laughs> the other part too, and I'm not and I you know, just to you know, keep it real by Cedric, he played all five positions last year, and that's what a lot of people don't know. And that's what gave wow. him that not you know, that not uh not to be all swept. You know, that's that's some versatility that most kids cannot possess or do not possess. Awesome, awesome coach. So so coach, um who are some of the other guys uh that you expect to make a major impact this year and um also are there any uh, possible surprises, any newcomers that you think can make a name for themselves this this season? Yeah, uh so yeah, definitely can. That's a good question. But when you talk about the guys that's coming back, we only lost one starter. So I expect those other four guys to come back ready to roll. You know, we, we meet, you know, several times a week, and they're, they're locked in. Um, I think their leadership is improving. improving, And uh, I think their, their expectations of their teammates is improving. And, you know, and I'm talking about those four and, and those four is Jalen Jones, Barry Kitchens, Kenneth Mouton, Cedric Dunbar. And so those are the four returning starters. And, um, you know, and I say return the starters, but they also know they don't have a starting position right now. You know, we're going to start mm-hmm. from scratch when they get back to Jackson. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's just how we're going to do it every year. But those four guys, and then when you talk about some new guys that we're going to mix in with them, uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. about my freshmen, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, Caleb Graham, Josh Beatty, David Ogacanero, and uh, John Mitchell. I'm excited about those mm-hmm. four guys. Uh, I think they bring some versatility. Uh, the Josh Beatty and Caleb, those guys are going to battle out for the starting center uh, job. Wow. That, that, that's what I expect. Wow. And I know they're freshmen, and I'm going to mm-hmm. put a lot on them. But from what I've been able to observe through our meetings and just through, you know, our communication, they're very smart kids, and they're going to be able to get it done. They're confident. Uh, they speak uh, very intelligently. And all of those things matter to me when it, it comes to my center. Absolutely. And, Coach, one of the things that's kind of has uh, hampered us in the past as far as along the, the offensive line has been the depth. So how are you from a number standpoint heading into next season, and are you still looking to add any more guys at that position? Yeah, we, 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 we definitely are looking to add a couple more guys. The numbers, you know, we've we got about 15, 16 guys in the room right now. Uh, scholarship-wise, a little bit less than that, but we got to – 
I hope I can answer this, you know, in a, in a, in a great way. Uh, we've got a room right now where depth-wise, most teams don't have it too deep when it comes to offensive linemen. They got, you know, they're starting five and some backups. Okay. You know what I mean? They got maybe that one extra guy on the bench that can be a starter, but they don't really go past eight. I'm confident okay. now because I feel like I got 12 guys in my room and I can plug and play how I see fit. And that's a luxury that most offensive line coaches only dream about. Now, mm. are they all on the same level? No. But I do think they will all give us some some good things that can help us win. And so I'm going to make sure I put them in advantageous situations to, to kind of highlight their skills. But I, that's the thing I'm excited about. I got more depth. The number's not where they need to be, but the, the, the talent and the attitude, mm-hmm. the bodies, those things have to improved. Wow. That's awesome. And I know the fans are going to love hearing that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, Coach, we also had uh, Coach Baker Harrison on the show uh, recently just kind of talking about the conditioning. Uh, so I know this COVID crisis has really thrown off your normal off-season training routine. So what challenges will that present when you get everyone in camp in terms of conditioning heading into the season? Well, I, I, I think for the most part, Coach Megan has put out, put out a, a plan for those guys that if they follow it, you know, even 80%, we're going to have a chance to come into camp and kind of hit the ground. I ain't going to say rolling but we're going to be able to hit the ground kind of moving in in the right direction. You know what I mean? I don't think, you know, y'all know how that is. If you train on your own, <laughs> it ain't like training with a coach breathing down your neck. You know, That's right. They, it's just kind of hard to replicate that. And so it's not, you know, it's not a situation that is going to be unique to us. But I do think, you know, beyond us, you know, other schools are dealing with the same thing. You know, so I think it's going to be pretty even footing. And I, to be honest with you, I'm excited because I, what I do, you know, in my room personally, my guys have to send me work out there every day. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's jump roping. I don't care if it's some footwork stuff. I need to see you breaking a sweat. I need to see you doing something, getting yourself better. And so they have been pretty good about doing that, you know, and sometimes you get you get a guy here that is get lazy, but for the most part, those guys are, are being responsible because, like I told them now, we don't we don't train for where we are. We train for where we're going. So we're, you told me when I talked to you when I was recruiting you or when I got here at Jackson State that you wanted to be a pro. Well, mm-hmm. you need to train like a pro. You need to train like a pro when I'm not around you. So that's what we talk about right now. Absolutely, absolutely. So, coach, we we know that you the you know the, the offensive line coach, and 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 as as we mentioned earlier, you also the the co recruiting coordinator, right? So. Uh, we definitely want to touch on that a little bit. So uh, if you don't mind, speak to us a little bit about uh, when you're recruiting offensive linemen specifically, what exactly do you look for? Like what, what are some of the things that catch your eye? Yeah, so that's – man, y'all, y'all, y'all really are asking awesome questions. I'm serious. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, so, you know, I don't get to answer this question a lot, you know. So the the biggest thing – I always I, I evaluate if you send me an offensive lineman, I'm gonna watch him. I evaluate his eyes, his hands, and his feet. I if if I see eye discipline, that means I see him generally going in the right direction. He has spatial awareness. Uh, he's attaching to people, the right people, and he's finishing blocks. I like that. Hands, getting his hands in the right spot. Is he a is he a hugger or does he have does he possess the tools to develop a good tight punch. That's the second thing. The third thing are his feet. And a lot of people would say his feet are the most important part, and I would agree with that. I think the feet tie everything together, and if I got a dancing bear, then I got a Cadillac Escalade. That's what I tell my guys. (laughs) You can move. You're powerful. You know what I mean? You you can do everything I need you to do, and you're smooth with it. So those are the office alignment that we end up recruiting. I've gotten to the point this year now that we've kind of built the depth in the room. Now we can recruit the size in particular that we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when we got here, we had to kind of take the best available. You know what I mean? Now we're mm-hmm. seeking a specific kid. Um, you know, I love that 6'4 to 6'6 six, six range, you know, and 
I can take a six four. I'm not disrespecting any kid under that. But mm-hmm. right now we're trying to build something special. And I need mm-hmm. those guys to help create that lint hash mark to hash mark. And so you get those guys in the room. And, and I, I've got guards in the past mm-hmm. to recruiting class that can get me vertical movement. So, I, you know, just tying all that together, I recruit guys based off our needs, you know, year to year. And right now going into this, you know, recruiting class 2021, we're looking for longer bodies, long tackles, who can kind of help elongate that edge, give us more time in that passing game. All right. That's good. You, you That's got me excited. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know about yeah, he, 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 I'm, I'm ready to go put it on. I'm excited. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest thing I, was I wanted to make sure you put it out there, Coach, so that myself and the other – you know, recruiters, we, we can know what to look for when we send you a, a kid, right? So, and good stuff. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. No doubt about it. And, Coach, you, you commended us on the questions that, that we're asking. I appreciate that. And it, it's funny because it seems as though you're looking at the, the, the questions. I don't know if Ken Clark sent them to you ahead of time. <laughs> no, I did. Hey, look, man. He's flowing with it, huh? Cool. Yeah, you know, you know what it is, though. You just, cool. you know you just answered is. about three of Ken's questions right there in that one question. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what it is? I talk too much. That's what okay, they know. I talk that's too much. Show, this, this, that's what we uh, like. We just like to just, just hit record and let it roll. And that's what we yeah, do. I see you. I'm enjoying this, though, man. One of the best ones that I've been on. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And one thing that I didn't want to ask you, and, of course, you've already you've already touched on this as well, so I'm going to remix this question a little bit. Now, you mentioned the old, the old line uh, having, a, you know, or being one of the most tight-knit units of, of any position group. So as a former O-lineman and a current O-line coach, how do you build that cohesiveness in that group? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop saying that's a great question. All right, so I'm going <laughs> to answer it this time. <laughs> but no, man, just um, if you noticed, I had mentioned earlier about ODB was the name of my office line at, at, uh, at Colin. When I was at uh, Callaway, the name of it was the Beasley Road Bullies, BRB. And so <laughs> when I got to Jackson State, you know, man, I'm gonna tell you. You know, when some some is supposed to happen, it's just supposed to happen. And big block was just so natural. And I just, I it's big block. It makes sense. We gonna protect the big block, and so it has so much meaning. And a lot of people just thought it was just, you know, okay, that's just the office line. That's no, nah, it's a lot deeper. We talking about that thing on the side of our helmet. We, that's that's the block. And so when people uh, wonder what is big block, no, nah, it's really that, that, that emblem on the side of our helmets. But we just, the, the bigger version, we the protectors of it. And so that's that's where we start. We start with giving our guys an identity. Um, we are a family within the team structure. You know, the team is a family within itself. Don't get me wrong. But like I told you earlier, we are just so, I just harp on, us being close, so giving them an identity. The second thing, you know, being consistent in my approach with them, from a discipline standpoint, from an educational standpoint, from uh, from just a uh, teaching standpoint in my room, uh, just being disciplined. I, I rarely get on my guys in a negative way on the practice field. I don't, I don't believe in it. If I have to, I will but I believe in personal responsibility when it comes to office alignment. I believe that if you go on that field, whether it's a practice, a game, whatever, if you go in the street mm-hmm. and you're together, you need to protect each other. And so a part of protecting each other is practicing well. And so that's mm-hmm. the other part to it. We, we want to make sure we are practicing well. We're, we're, we're going, not just going through the motion. Have a reason behind what we're doing. You know what I mean? Just have a reason. And so mm-hmm. – when you create that, when you create that vibe, all right, you gave them an identity, all right, now they know they're protecting each other, right? Now you move on to how do you award them? Well, you'll see from time to time, like last, you know, I hadn't been able to because, you know, COVID, but, you know, last season we fed them a couple of times. But I took them to mug shots. You can imagine what that deal was. Uh, and just, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, we, we, we feed them pretty good, um, you know, I have oh, yeah. all these little small things, you know, that we'll do for them. But really, when it gets to college guys, you don't – we ain't looking for no – we ain't looking for no handouts no more. 
Like we, the handouts are gone. Your your motivation is the degree, first of all. All right, mm-hmm. and the second thing, if you do want to play beyond this, that's your motivation. All right, so I don't get into trying to give them too much, as much as I love on them. I make sure they understand that I care about them. My office is always open for them. If I'm not in the office and you call me and you need me, I'm going to be there in five minutes. So just that type of relationship, those guys know. I tell moms and dads all the time, when you drop them off in Jackson, the man that you envision is the man I'm going to help develop. I'm not going to do anything in raising your child that you didn't do to him at home. I'm going to raise him in honor of you. I'm going to finish this process for you. And so that's just kind of how we go through the whole recruiting process. And you got to excuse me if I get wordy in these answers, but I wanted to make it clear oh, man. just how I, how I feel about stuff, you know what I mean, especially when it comes to our program and how we are trying to attack the future. Well, let me let me say this, Coach. You, you don't ever have to apologize about giving us this kind of intel and detail. This is what we – this is why we're here. This is what we – this is what we want to hear. I'm, I'm loving every bit of it, but you kind of answered a question that I was uh, going to ask, but uh, I want to just kind of segue to another question that kind of came to mind. Given this COVID-19, um, uh, in, I would say, environment that we're in right now, uh, and you talked about uh, you want to see your guys send you um, workout in, uh, footage every day. My question would be is are you seeing from the workouts that you're receiving from them what kind of uh, – how, how is that going? Like, are you are you getting that – are you seeing what it is that you want from them via the Zoom and and uh, video uh, workouts? Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of those deals where you see it, it allows you to coach them a little bit, mm-hmm. but it makes you want to be right there with them coaching them. <laughs> so it's kind of a catch-22. You know what I mean? Like, yeah – but you could do this a little bit better. You know, I really ain't a fan of the environment you're working out in, but that's okay. I, I got to deal with that. You know what I mean? It's just you right, just, right, right. just control a little bit more of it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why a lot of coaches are excited to get guys back because we feel like the safest place for our guys are with us. And don't, and don't take that the wrong way, parents, but – you know, guys tend to have more freedom at home a lot of times than they have with us. That's right. You know, and it's just called time. It's just mom and dad at work, whatever. But we we tend to keep a, a, a pretty good rap on them. So, you know, that's where I'm kind of where I'm there with it. But I, I see the environments. Okay, just make sure you're being safe. Just make sure you're getting a good sweat. And we're going to make sure – Coach Mega, myself, Coach Taylor, the rest of the staff, we're going to tie all the loose ends up. If we got to run 16, 100s after every practice, we're going to be in shape. You ain't got to worry. Good stuff. That is good stuff, Coach. And, you know, one thing that, that I always hear and I kind of wonder about is uh, they say that the, the best O-line coaches can't have tunnel vision or, or watch the ball. So can you talk about, I guess, the importance of being able to see all five of your guys during a play? It's, it's definitely an art to it. And, um, and a lot of times, you know, I, if you watch me on the sideline, I go the farthest point away from the offense and where the ball is. And that gives me the opportunity to see tackle or tackle, but it also gives me gets me away from the crowd on the sideline. So if something happens where a guy needs to look over his shoulder and find me or if an adjustment needs to be made, I can get somebody's attention really quick and make the adjustment. So that that part is, you know, you know, kind of how I handle, you know, the sideline to field relationship. And I guess the the other part to it is just making sure when they come off the field, the communication is consistent. You know, we do have a language uh, that we 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 talk. You know, I, whether it's Ace Deuce Trey. You know, all that type of stuff. You know, we got a language. So when they come to the sideline, it's only certain verbiage that I allow them to use. This ain't a conversation that we having, you know, in the union. You know, this ain't a conversation that we having over, you know, at at at, at, at the Reddick's building. No, nah, this is this is conversation business right now. So 
that that's something that we we focus on too. And I hope I answered the question. I kind of got off track, but no, that's good stuff. No, no, you you right in line with it. I, I just just one uh, one quick thing I wanted to just kind of stay on that real quick. Uh, you talked about kind of being away from you know being at a good vantage point. I would say is it easier to adjust uh, to defensive fronts or protection schemes from a field level? Yeah, you know because here's the thing: my uh, my my center is going to call the front every play. He's going to communicate the front every play. So if he gets up there, and he sees something that he hadn't seen, or they give us a particular front that we hadn't talked about a lot. It's easy for him to come back and communicate that with me. And of course, the other four gonna know because they're used to getting that call from him from him as well. And so that okay. part kind of you know you have systems in place that kind of check themselves. And so, you know, what I do on the sideline, I chart whatever the OC is calling, and I just go play by play and plus minus, you know, as far as the result. And so that gives me a, you know, I can go back, you know, series by series and see what we did on this particular play and see how the adjustments are flowing play to play and drive to drive. And so that that's kind of how I remember that. Good and coach, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier that you're the co-recruiting coordinator. So let's kind of switch gears and talk about that. First of all, uh, congratulations on being named the co-recruiting coordinator. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's, it's an honor. Absolutely, and that was that was back in November. So uh, you, you would you prior to that, I know you played a big role in recruiting. But what has it been like in that official capacity and working alongside Coach Brady Ackerman? Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Coach Ackerman is easy to work with. Uh, he he knows how it's supposed to be done. He he has a vision for how he wants to handle the recruiting, and I'm his sidekick. You know, just for the record, now I'm you know I'm co recruiting coordinator, <laughs> but I definitely I am definitely Coach Ackerman's sidekick on that. Uh, because I, if you had noticed, now I I get kind of zoned in on offensive linemen, and you know you tell me to go recruit, <laughs> you tell me to go recruit a DB. Uh, I don't know what kind of conversation we're going to end up having. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, it's just – but Coach Ackerman does a good job of just kind of putting the plan in place, simplifying things that need to be simplified, streamlining uh, certain deals that we need to uh, streamline, streamline, I'm sorry, and then just even just being creative. Um, you know, we, we talked the other day, something that we've, we've been doing recently, we're going to try to take it to another level. We resume we're doing Zoom calls with prospects. You know, now we're going to start adding the parents into the Zoom calls. Mm. Uh, you know, just just the adjustments, you know, during this particular time. But I don't think even going forward, I think this is something that we need to keep, uh, you know, keeping our, in our arsenal. You know, we didn't, yeah, we didn't use this. Yeah, we didn't use this before. And, and, I, and I feel like an idiot that we didn't use it. I try to pride myself <laughs> on being ahead of the curve on this type of stuff and, Man, this has been refreshing. You know, I had a Zoom call the other night with a, a six, seven old lineman in Houston, Texas, and him and his mom and his two little brothers. And it gives me an opportunity to be in that home, even when I'm in Mississippi. Like, I can see the interactions. Yeah, that, all that stuff is pretty cool for me right now. So, yeah, yeah. And, and not to get off your question, not to get off your question, it is awesome being the, the co recruiting coordinator and also what Coach Ackerman has done. He's made sure we have, we, we're picking the right kids. We're not putting the wrong kids on the board. We have an idea of what we want at every position. And so that is when, when the coaches have a clear-cut understanding of what they're going out to find, that's going to make us better just, just than that alone. Right, right. So, yeah, Coach um... – uh, really good stuff that if you don't mind speak to us about which, which states uh, or areas do you focus on uh, in particular i know usually the coaches have kind of area that they focus on uh do you have any particular states that, that you're assigned to yes sir well i you know of course i'm i'm central mississippi so i got a 40 mile radius around jackson and i love it you know this is okay. my home this is where yeah this is where i grew up so that's my estate area you know and uh when you get across state lines you know, Coach Henry's he's giving me I fifty five all the way into New Orleans, um, but he does not put barriers on my recruitment. Uh, if I'm needed in Georgia, if I'm needed in Alabama, if I'm needed in Texas, I, he gives me the free reign to go recruit. 
And so I appreciate him for that. You know, that's good leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he uses he uses my strengths well, and uh, and I've found I've been able to get a hope to a better type of player by doing that. I know we uh I know you just touched on uh the the Zoom meetings with recruits and and, and parents. Uh outside of just that aspect of the recruiting, how else has the pandemic affected recruiting? Maybe something that those of us who aren't in that particular um, you know, field kind of walk us through kind of some of the differences uh that are different now as a result of the COVID-19. Well, I tell you one of the big ones I uh you know, I'm looking at is the the lack of opportunity to build and continue to build relationships with these high school coaches and the 2022 class and the 2023 class. I think that's where you want to really see the strain that COVID puts on recruiting because we're going to be a little behind with it, the way everything is right now. You know what I mean? Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's only so you know you can go recruit a 2022 kid, 2023 kid, but I mean that's kind of tough when you ain't gonna be able to see this kid for the next six, seven months, maybe. You know, and and then on top of that, and maybe not even having him on campus for another year. You, you know, so those type of things. And then I go back to the the, the answer with the coaches. You know, uh, of course I got a lot of great friends and coaches, but. You know, I enjoy, especially now that I'm in Jackson State, I'm serious when I say this, it's been an honor to wear that block on my chest and walk in these high schools and see faces light up because they know a great HBCU is in the building. And mm-hmm. so I've been I've been enjoying that part, and it's helped me build some more relationships, you know, and I'm not name-dropping nobody, but we'll talk off air from the people that I'm talking to now just building those relationships with because of Jackson State University it's going to help take this program and this offensive line and these other position groups to another level. Outstanding. And, Coach, you mentioned, you know, down the line recruiting as far as the 2022 class and 23, but but what about the upcoming class? You know, I spoke with Coach Hendrick and Coach Ackerman on this podcast about bringing in a much bigger class in 2021 than this most recent class. So how exciting is that for you, and how does it change your daily and, and weekly schedule when you have to go out and sign a larger class as opposed to a smaller class? Well, it, it definitely it definitely puts more stress as far as making sure you're getting out and seeing enough kids to fulfill that class. You know, and, I, and I, what I mean by that, you know, I can go out and see 30 kids myself, but if we really want to sign these kids, I, I need to get – Coach Coach Taylor in the building. I need to get Coach Stokes in the building. I need to get Coach Hendricks in the building. That's how you sign a kid. We need, and when I say mm-hmm. the building, I'm talking about Mama's house. So mm-hmm. if that's how we get, you know, if you're not doing that, that's going to put a strain on any recruiting that you're doing. I, I'm a firm believer that Mama's going to make the decision. I don't care how independent son been his entire life. When they come to that boy making that decision to, to pick a college. It's mama's decision. And so if mama is comfortable with coach and you and mama understand that coach has her heart and her son's heart and their best interest at heart, then that's how you go that's how you get kids. So that's that's one of the, the biggest adjustments we've made, you know. Well, not adjustments we've made, but ways we've kinda been stymied in this process. Mm. Really good stuff, Coach. Uh, you know, this um this one particular question we I, I want to ask is, is kind of near and dear to my heart because um, what exactly can we do as a base? Can we do more to kind of aid in recruiting? I know I, I often we often hear the word resources, and I know a lot of times we try to send you recruits, but if you don't mind, kind of shed a little light on us um, so that those that are out listening can kind of understand what we can do from an alumni standpoint to kind of aid, aid, aid the coaches in helping with recruiting. Uh, the the most important, you know, and I and I hate to sound like a beggar, but the most important part is donating. Um, and you know, you have AD Robinson with the AD Club. I think that's a great initiative that he started. And I, 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 there's other ways. You know, you got the annual day of giving coming up. That's going to be another opportunity to give. And then you have several foundations, uh, you know, that you can 
alumni foundations and on-campus foundations that you can donate to. So I think that part, and, and so to explain the donation part, you know, we get kids and alumni, you know, send us kids from, uh, you know, all over, you know, all over. And mm-hmm. we would love to recruit these kids, but if we can never put our eyes on these kids in person and, you know, just really do a full evaluation, meet family and do all that, you know, it's kind of impossible to recruit that kid. We're not going to pay for him to come on campus and we had not went to see him first. You know, that's just you're kind of hustling backwards if you do that. And so mm-hmm. we want to make sure by the time we decide to bring him him in on an official visit that this kid is a kid that we want and he fits our program. And so going back to your question, how can the alumni help, that's where the money comes in. It gives us the opportunity as coaches to get on the road and you're paying for my hotel for a couple of days when I go over to Georgia and I can go see about 50 to 75 kids in three or four days. Because when we go, we go work. I'm not going to have a party in Atlanta when I'm going over to Georgia. No, me and TC get up at 6 o'clock in the morning when we go over there together, and we are working from 6 to at least 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. It's just seeing kids, getting in homes, getting in schools. And so that mm-hmm. those, those, those donations really help increase our footprint, and it also mm-hmm. makes us more, you know, just – it, it makes it more visible because the, the, the athletic department can do more things on their end to kind of help us in recruiting. Awesome, awesome. Uh, one, one other thing I did want to ask in, in regards to that, Coach, uh, we, 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 we do know that there's, there's some renovate, renovations going on with our facilities on the, on the university, and I know uh, I think Mega even touched on it a little bit when he was on the uh, podcast here recently. Uh, can you can you speak to us? I know because many of us haven't seen any like blueprints or anything. I know it's been um, kind of you know G14 classified, but for the most part, if you don't mind, uh, kind of speak to us how a facilities upgrade and, and, and the plans of the future, how that's going to aid in recruiting. And so, so when you look at the, the landscape of HBCU football and and where we want to go as a program at Jackson State. Uh, the top programs in, in HBCU football right now, and really, let's let's even make it bigger. The top programs in FCS football, the top programs in college football, they have great facilities to bring these kids to. And it's no knock on what we have at Jackson State because our kids do appreciate it. But when you talk about bringing a kid in that just left, you know, one of our rivals, because I'm not into naming names, but one mm-hmm. of our rivals that may have better facilities than, than mm-hmm. us, then that makes our job that much more difficult to sell to that mom and that dad our commitment to making this kid the best version of himself. And so mm-hmm. if we're going to continue to sell, we are the premier HBCU, we have to step up to the plate in other, in other areas that may not be seen by the entire student body or the entire fan base. And so I think the commitment to just, you know, trying to do something uh, better, not just for the football team, it ain't just for football, you know, just for the yeah. student athletes at Jackson State. Uh, I think that is commendable on the administration. And I think it's commendable on the fans for accepting and understanding that, hey, if we want to take this next step that we're talking about, this is going to be a major key in getting it done, and I promise you the results are going to speak for themselves. Mm. Awesome stuff. Wow. Yeah, great stuff. I hate to sound like a bro- broken record, but, man, I'm getting excited over here. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I can't <laughs> wait. If I'm this excited, I, I can just imagine you guys on, on your end, as well as the players. I know y'all are. No, we're excited, man. We are extremely excited. <laughs> All right, and also, Coach, I want to ask you about T.C. Taylor. You know, we've mentioned him several times over the course of this interview, but he'll be taking over the play calling duties. Obviously it's imperative for the offensive coordinator and the O-line coach to just be on the same page for the team to have success. So talk about your working relationship and your synergy with Coach Taylor, especially since you didn't get a chance to have that spring camp. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Man, just the opportunity to work with Coach Taylor after being a fan of Coach Taylor. Uh, that that's been a cool cool deal for me when when Coach Taylor came to Jackson State. A lot of people don't understand. I was I was an impressionable eighth eighth grader going to the ninth grade at Provine High School, 
and I was still going to Jack State games every Saturday. And um, and that was one of my guys, number ten, you know. And I tell him, I tell him that all the time. So you know, and to watch him grow and go through what he went through, you know, he 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 knew I knew what was up. I told him I observed the ups and downs in his career. And I think that brought us closer together than anything because he knew he had a legit fan. Now, I'm not a fan as much as I'm his, I'm his co-worker now, you know, but that's my guy, man. He's a, he's a great man. Like, he, he gives me great brotherly advice. Um, and like I told you know, told you about Coach Henry, these are just good leaders, man. Like, he has Jackson State best interests. Out. Like, he, if I cut him right now, I guarantee you it's, it's coming out blue. That's 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 him. That's him. And uh he's told me times before, you know, when he won around, he just, he missed it. You know, he he just enjoys being back home. And I'm not speaking for him, but you know, I'm just so excited for him and his role. Um and you know, me and him we talk uh why well, I probably get tired of us talking, we talk probably <laughs> these five we're gonna talk five days out the week minimum. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I, we'll give each other the weekend off from time to time. But um you know, for the most part, especially with everything going on now, me and him might jump on a Zoom call and uh, and just one-on-one Zoom and watch watch tape. We still working, you know. Uh, me and him might jump on a Zoom call and recruit, you know. And and mm-hmm. going even back before all this, we just had a great working relationship because once again, you know, we're unique to the staff. Yes, he played at Jackson State. And I was a, a, a fan growing up watching Jackson State. Our hearts are a little bit different when it comes to what we're trying to get done. No, I'm not saying that's not the same tempo of the whole staff, but I'm saying right. we, like, it's really embedded in us. Like, it's going to hurt if it don't get done. So we ain't trying to let y'all down. And so right. I think that mutual understanding and respect of where we're trying to go with this program and trying to follow Coach Henry's leadership and just trying to take it. I'm talking about just take it to that next level. I mean, it's just been fun, man. So I, I, I speak glowingly of him because he deserves it. Uh, we, and we got a our entire staff is, you know, I can go on and on by every one of these guys. You asked about Coach Taylor. And so that's why I'm speaking about him. But uh, good dude, man, and, and just the football knowledge. So I don't want to get away from it. The football knowledge is, is second to none. You know, he, he knows his stuff. And he's going to put us in advantageous situations to be explosive, to be electrified, to be excited. And I'm excited about it. And so, you know, my, my biggest thing, <laughs> I, told, I always told him, I'll, you know, and y'all know what I'm coming from when I say this now. Back in the, in the Sean Gregory days, the Shannon mm-hmm. Boyd days, the Graven Pratt days, y'all know them names, mm-hmm. don't you? Back in oh, those yeah. days, oh, yeah. the fade ball was automatic at Jackson State. The fade <laughs> ball was automatic. And I tell T.C. that all the time. He said, you know what? You're right, oh. I said, T.C., the fade ball got to be automatic when we return. When we return to dominance, the fade ball got to be automatic. That's just a joke between us. But just Mm -hmm. that swagger, us knowing those intricate details. You know what I mean? Like, just, Mm -hmm. it's fun, man. We we know stuff about this program that nobody else in the building knows. Right. Yeah, so I enjoy that part. I'm sorry. That's good stuff. No, and we could do this all day. You know, I definitely appreciate it. And I can I can hear the excitement. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice and the passion. So let me just say this. I'm so excited and so happy that you are, you know, the co-recruiting coordinator because I can just imagine you in those living rooms and, and having those conversations with those kids and the parents. And I interviewed Coach Ackerman as well, and he's the same. So, you know, I love all the coaches, but, but specifically your energy and passion. I'm excited that you two are, are two of the main voices that'll be, you know, in those living rooms, uh, talk to those kids. So definitely uh, good stuff. And, and you mentioned those uh, those quarterbacks, the Shannon Boys and the Gregories and the, and the Graylin Pratt. Well, definitely go back and listen. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to episode 22 because we did a show called Who's the Goat, the greatest JSU quarterback of all time. <laughs> and all three of those names were in the mix. But I think you'll get a kick out of it because it, it was controversial as well. So we had some, difference of, uh, some, some differing opinions on that. So definitely check that out and let us know who you think is the GOAT quarterback, episode 22. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not going to tell y'all. I'm not going to say a word on that. That's, that's tough right there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, some fights, man. Come on, man. 
Absolutely. And Coach, before we let you go, I, I want to touch on one other thing. And, and you, you kind of mentioned this right off the bat, and you didn't you know, really go into much detail about it, which that's understandable, and I'm not asking you to, to go any specific detail about you personally. But lately with what's been going on in the world, there's been a lot of talk about elite high school prospects signing with HBCUs as opposed to, uh, you know, PWIs or, or P5s. Uh, school. So how do you feel Jackson State can capitalize off that talk and potentially start getting some of these prospects? Well, it goes back to, to the facility part. I think that facility is going to play a major role in us getting a higher profile athlete. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys and to all the fans that are listening. I'm not going to go to a house mm-hmm. where I don't think the kid wants to be at Jackson State University. I don't care if he's a five-star. I don't care if he's a a 16-star, whatever. I'm not going in that house unless he wants to be a part of his family. We're not about chasing kids just because of titles or just because of stars. We got to bring the right kids to Jackson State. Jackson State is a, 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 a certain type of family. It's a certain type of environment. And the wrong kid can mess that up. And no disrespect to that kid or whoever he is, but we got a particular type of kid we need to bring to Jackson State. And so, you know, I I, I do want to bring in those better prospects that, like every coach does. But my my main goal is bringing in the right guy that wants to be here. And I think I told Ken that before, if I'm not mistaken. It's about mm-hmm. bringing in that guy that's he he wants to be here because he's gonna play hard for us. And then number two, I ain't going to chase him all around Jackson trying to make sure he's doing the right thing because he's not entitled. So mm-hmm. I will thank right, right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's great stuff. That is great perspective. So I'm definitely glad you shared that with us. Yes, sir. All right, Coach. Well, this has okay. been a wonderful, man. I really hope you can come back, you know, again, whenever you want to come on the show. Definitely we can talk to, we can talk to old JSU days, whatever you want to talk about. I know it's about to start wrapping up for you finally as far as, you know, getting back in the thick of things. But, again, you are always welcome to come on. But before we let you go, are there any final words you want to let the fans know uh, regarding the upcoming season? Well, you know, before before I get off, I just the first thing I need to say is I really do – appreciate the administration that's in place at Jackson State in the athletic department, um, in the academia side. I think they are they are doing things the right way. Uh, A.D. Robb is doing a heck of a job. Uh, he's doing things that hadn't been done at Jackson State, uh, not in my lifetime, you know. And, and I just – it's been a pleasure to watch a young guy work. And, you know, he knows – from from me and the other coaches in that football office, we got his back. And so whatever initiative he got going, we're going to support him. All right, so with that being said, just as far as the season is, is concerned, we're not taking this season off because of a pandemic. You know what I mean? If they cancel the season, yes, I understand, I understand that. But what I'm saying is we're not going to go and just chalk it up whatever the result is, we'll live with it because we were faced with a pandemic. We're showing us with the mentality that this is our time. And so our kids, I'm not telling you nothing that our kids are, are not hearing consistently. You know, so with that being said, support us. You should mm-hmm. be excited. The titles that you want and you deserve to see are returning. All that's, right. That's what <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Coach, I, I want to say this before you get going, man. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. You know, I you know, I got number love for you and I'm I fully support you guys. Uh but this has been an honor, man. It's been a um great history lesson. I appreciate you coming on the show and and just uh giving us so much to chew on, man. Thanks so much and I appreciate it. Seriously. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh anytime uh uh you know, Dr. Driscoll over there. In the sports information department, he'll allow me to come on with you. I definitely will. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. We definitely appreciate it. And that'll do it for episode 54 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. 
Apple users. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love.